Hey, this is Claude Miles from Concave, and you're listening to Five Year Mission, the podcast on the Trek Geeks Network. Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 21. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. By now you've figured out that this is the Five-Year Mission podcast. Welcome to Five Year Mission, the podcast. What number is this? Is this like 13? No, I think we're almost at 20, aren't we? Uh, I think this will be 21. Oh, 21. So we're past 20. That's neat. So tonight, well, I guess I always say tonight, and I think I've done this before. I say tonight, but it could be any time of day, really, that you're listening to this. So this episode, there you go. we are going back to what are little songs made of? And we're going to be talking about Court Martial. Which was on year two, two. right? Yeah, year two. Good guess, yeah. Noah. <laughs> That's where we are. <laughs> we're so far ahead of year two now. I, you know, whenever someone's like, what, what album is this on? I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't remember anymore. It's been, it's been, it's been a while. So yeah, Court Martial. Court Martial is the one where... Kirk is court-martialed. See what they did there? <laughs> Clever name. I know. He's he's accused of of basically he's being accused of murdering this guy that well he he worked with him before and because of because of Kirk I mean Kirk saved the ship but because of him this guy got got uh he didn't, did he get demoted? He wasn't, he wasn't able to excel like he wanted to. And he wanted well, it's, to, get... it's when Kirk was like an ensign or a Lieutenant or something. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, because of Kirk, he had this bad mark on his record and he was never able to get a command. That's right. Benjamin Finney. Finney. Yeah. Yeah. Finney. So Finney was, I don't, he, he forgot to, turn off some warp switch or something and it was going to destroy the ship and Kirk turned it off and then made a report. And so this guy was headed in for him, but you don't know that until later in the episode. But uh, so Kirk, this guy dies and then you find out all this other stuff, but uh, you know, you got the, um, the, the lawyer Co- Cogsley, is that a name? Cog something? Cogley. Uh, I can't it's, remember his name. Yeah, it's Cogley. He's this guy that doesn't like, um, he doesn't like computers. You know what's funny about this episode? This episode is essentially a Kirk, another Kirk versus the computer episode, except for instead of Kirk outsmarting the computer, he kind of does really. He still kind of outsmarts the computer, although he does it with the help of this lawyer and Spock. Yeah. Because essentially the, this guy, he's on, he's, you know, court-martialed and he goes through all this rigmarole and then he, he gets this idea uh, and they, they go on the ship and they, well, every, like Spock plays chess. 
with the computer and discovers that the computer is not as smart as it used to be. Yeah. It's been tampered with. And so he gets this idea that they'll go to the ship because they suspect this guy is still there and they tell everybody to evacuate the ship. Why this guy didn't leave as well. I don't know. They (laughs) evacuate the ship and then this guy is left there and they have the computer monitor for heart heartbeats, except for the ones on the bridge. And that's how they find him. And then, well, well, no, they they go through the ridiculously long sequence of walking around the bridge and removing each person's heartbeat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a little, uh, it's like this little device that they he, tap on him. He, he's holding like a microphone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it <laughs> is he, a microphone. He puts it up to everyone's chest and like ter- acts like he's turning it. Yeah. And then uh, it, it removes each person's heartbeat. So, and then, but, and, when, then, and then the funniest thing is like right at the end, they're like, the only heartbeat left is, is our, our crewman that's working down in engineering. Spock, can you remove that from the console? And he reaches over and presses one button and then it's gone. Like, yeah. why did they go through the process of removing everyone's heartbeat one by one if Spock could just press a button? Well, and why did they do that anyway? If the computer's monitor, monitoring for heart, heartbeats, there weren't that many that, you know, if everybody's evacuated the ship, we'll just look in other places on the ship. And that's where the guy <laughs> is. You know, it's like, okay, we know this other guy is in engineering. Oh wait, there's a heartbeat over here. We better take everybody else's out just to make sure. It was and the, uh, the lawyer in this is sort of like an eccentric character, right? He's, he's, he's yeah. not like your typical straight laced corporate well, lawyer, right? He's very old fashioned. He doesn't like computers. Old fashioned, that's what it, yeah. And he's, 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 he uses real books. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time we see him, he's surround just like piles of books. He's like, uh, Billingsley <laughs> in, his, yeah. in his house, surrounded by books, stacks of books. So yeah, that he's, he's very eccentric. He, he doesn't like the, and that's, you know, this episode, it's, that's another reason why it's kind of funny is that it kind of vindicates this guy's, hatred of the computer because it's the computer it's the computer is able to be tampered with and that's how the the video that they show because they show this video in for the court martial it's kind of this damning evidence it shows that kirk jettisoned this pod where this guy was before setting the red alert would have been tampered with because he set a yellow alert warned warned everybody then he set the red alert and made sure they got, you know, tried to make sure everybody was safe. And then he jettisoned this pod that was, it was an ion pod. It was going to, I don't know, explode the ship or something. <laughs> and he, and the guy was supposedly in it. So, and, you know, it was funny that, uh, you know, when he goes to the bar, um, there's like that bar that people meet, you know, when they're, yeah. they're on a, they're on a star base, aren't they? Yeah. Well, it's, it's on like a, a, a planet colony. Yeah. Okay. And they go to this play, this this uh, bar or lounge or whatever, and there are all that, these that guys looks suspiciously like the K seven. Yeah, lounge. it is actually. <laughs> it, like they used, um, I saw somewhere that they used a lot, a lot of like the uh, Commodore. Was it a Commodore that was the guy that was kind of presiding over the court martial? Uh, well, anyway, he, there was an office and there was like this personal transporter right. pad and that came from K7. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And you know what? You know what other? Uh, um, port, port master. Yeah. Okay. 
You know, another episode got recycled a, f- a few times in this episode, the naked time. Yeah. They use songs from this, they use shot shots from naked time. Thought that was uh, kind of funny. I see, oh, my- I see you read the, uh, the trivia section on IMDB, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Actually I was on, uh, uh, memory alpha but yeah okay yeah so i i was just looking up some some pictures of the episode because one thing that sticks out in my memory because i really haven't seen it in quite a while was all uh, but but all of the dress uniforms all of like the big formal high up dress uniforms because there's like tons of them in in every you know color oh yeah Um, this is the episode i always think of when whenever you see a dress uniform yes i I always think of the dress uniform yeah and there's there's so many of them too there's just like uh, six seven of them yeah the in fact the woman lawyer uh shaw i think was her name Mm -hmm. um she was that's the only time they ever use a dress uh, female dress uniform because you never see uhura in dress uniform right that's true it's not much different (laughs) <laughs> it's it's really not it's longer it's, really, it's longer and that's and, about it and it has and a um like the, most of the dress uniforms yeah. have like medals or pins or whatever yeah and hers is just an insignia isn't it it's like well, a, it's because she's a woman like a and women don't pin. earn those kinds of medals <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> the, the dress is only so progressive yeah. apparently and it's the dress is not as low cut as some of the other mm. ones it, it rides a little bit higher up on the neck yeah all the but, dress uniforms have kind of a tight neck don't they yeah uh yeah yeah they do yeah very very tight neck yeah but but in, in this uh in the in these pictures i see a picture now of what you're talking about the microphone yeah kirk, kirk is just like holding it up it, it yeah it is a microphone it is literally <laughs> a microphone yeah it's like an sm57 yeah. or something yeah, it's, <laughs> that's what it looks no, like. It's, it's like one of those. It's like a fifty-eight, I think. It's like it's big and silver and ridiculous oh, looking. Yeah, uh, I can't. I couldn't remember. Oh, it's Commodore Stone, by the way, and he's got that really shiny red and gold dress uniform on. Yep. But you know that is actually speaking of progressive. That you know he was a black man in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And he was yeah. a, a Commodore on Commodore. Star Trek. So that's yeah. At the time, that would have been <clears throat> rather progressive. Yeah, I always yeah. thought that was pretty cool about this episode. Yeah, it's also the first mention of Starfleet. Yep. So season two, or I mean, sorry, uh, it was this was at least this was season one. Yeah, season one, but it was at least probably almost twenty episodes in, wasn't it? Where past twenty episodes? Yeah, so this, season is, this one. is like the twentieth episode, I think. Yeah, and they had never mentioned Starfleet, so it kind of speaks to the fact yeah. that they were still figuring things out. At the well, time. also, uh, they refer to Spock as Vulcanian <laughs> <laughs> rather than just Vulcan. So, you know, I don't know uh, uh, which, uh, like, what production order this is falls in, but I feel like this episode was maybe one they filmed a little earlier and just didn't put out until the end of the season. Let's let's see production number. <laughs> oh, because there's a lot of like stuff in this episode that just seems like they were still f- figuring things out. Uh, this is the fifteenth. Yeah, and tw- this is the twentieth episode. So it was the fifteenth production, fifteenth uh, produced, and then this is the twentieth that actually aired. 
I don't know. 15th though. That's still pretty. Yeah. It's pretty far in. Well established. I mean, it's no, you know, Corbin might maneuver, <laughs> you know, where they're wearing the, they're still wearing uh, those goofy uniforms, you know, and actually looking at these pictures out of the, like, is it, I think it's four main, are they all Commodores? Just the, like the four main. The judges. Judges who are there. I don't um, think so. There's there's four of them, like all in the same dress uniform. Yeah, um, um, Commodore but, Stone is, I think he's the only Commodore. I think the other ones were like, um, I think they're they're just or something. Weren't referred they? to as board officers. Yeah. yeah. Well, my my point is going back to the progressive thing. When I, there's four of them, and actually, two of them are ca- Caucasian, and two of them are not. Actually, so it's actually think, a, a, a 50, 50 split there of, of diversity. I think the guy in the blue, I think, he, well, I can't really tell in this picture, but he looks like he could be of color as well. Yeah, that's true. Some, some, some kind of mix maybe, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's really, you know, Star Trek always tried to be progressive and they, failed miserably with women often but <laughs> yeah. when it came to race they actually did a pretty good job yeah i mean in the beginning obviously later on they were much better you know i mean in the subsequent series they were much better at being inclusive with women yeah and progressive that way well then again i mean you know the the lawyer that is the prosecutor in the court martial she's a woman and that's you know, uh, an, yeah, she's an established, well-known lawyer yeah. and someone yeah. that Starfleet uses as their prosecutor. So it's, it's not like they, you know, they didn't completely whiff on that one. <laughs> it's no turnabout intruder. No, it's no turnabout intruder. <laughs> you, you got that right. But, uh, but of course, but of course, Kirk does have a passionate kiss with her at the end of the episode. <laughs> I know. It's because, so awkward. You, you know, <laughs> It is. So, uh, uh, unlike Noah, I actually prepared and watched the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I always think of would think about this episode as like a snoozer, like just kind of a boring episode that I would want to skip. But after I watched it today, I I kind of enjoyed it. Like I, it was better than I remembered. Uh, I actually think it's a pretty good episode. It's still a pretty mid tier episode i I mean i i like the episode okay but it it's not there's not a whole lot of action in it no it's (laughs) not it's not an action-packed episode you know what would help this episode is if it were somehow turned into like an upbeat country western swing (laughs) (laughs) kind of you know song that's what would that's what would help it yeah i think it would be less of a sleeper if if that kind of treatment was was done to it that's quite a segue actually (laughs) i i think it might be better if it were like a a, like a dark angry alt rock type song (laughs) i forgot about that that's right let's let's talk about that (laughs) okay so in writing this song so this year two was the the I was just trying to find different styles to use. So, I, you know, I did the kind of Spanish sound for um, Squire. And I did, you know, City on the Edge of Forever was that waltzy kind of feel. 
And I wanted to do something different. And so the original version of court martial was very like dark and angry. And um, to me, just kind of boring. So what I did is I just, I wanted to find something different. And I was at a, I was at a show with my wife and her parents. And it was a group that they did a lot of covers and that kind of thing. And, um, they said, okay. And then they, they came out and they said, okay, we're going to do this Western swing. And I started playing it and I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. I kind of like that. I've never done that before. It's, you know, it kind of moves and it's fun. And so that's kind of where I got the idea. Of course, I had never done a Western swing song before and I had, I really didn't know how to make it happen. So I listened to, a, you know, I listened to a lot of sample examples of Western swing, what I could find. And then just kind of went for it. And what I did is I took the same lyrics from that original version and just applied this new feel to it. And I don't remember the reaction to that, that you guys had, because <laughs> I hadn't written anything remotely like that before. <laughs> I, I remember there being actually a, a lot of resistance to yeah, the okay. change because actually no i had i had because balance of terror had that country feel yeah i mean you you had that on the first album and yeah. you know, and uh i think you know we had already all listened to the demo and we're kind of yeah that's right enjoying it you know and, and then uh, suddenly you came in <laughs> to practice with this totally different version that was just <laughs> silly compared to the other one. Uh, I think a few of us were very skeptical. <laughs> well, and I remember the first time we started practicing it because it has, you know, it's, it, it hits on that off beat and man, we had a lot of trouble just finding that to keep, and it was just putting it together. I think Andy was, I think it was unexpected for him. He didn't really know how to handle it at first and it just, I remember that for the first couple of times we tried it, it was just a train wreck and I was having doubts. I was like, man, I don't know. Are we ever going to be able to pull this together? I think we did a pretty good job of pulling together. I, I, um, I mean, we don't play it very often because I think, and I think that's kind of a carryover as far as it just being difficult for us to do. But, um, also it didn't seem all that popular live when we play when we did play it. Well, it's such a contrast to what most of our stuff is. Yeah. And at a lot of the venues that we play, it just seems really like a kind of a staller in the set. Like, yeah. you know, if we're moving along with a lot of upbeat songs, or even though that song's upbeat, like we get to it and it's just so left field. I think it's well, just kind of like, what are these guys doing? I think that if we, you know, it's one of those things where I think if, we were all really comfortable with it and we just killed it, then it would be different, but it's not one of those songs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it also has that, that yeah. weird break in the middle <laughs> where it's like, you know, and that was intended because the, the feel I was going, you know, when I settled on this, cause I always try to make it make sense with the songs and I was kind of um, poking fun at the whole idea that, this guy, you know, like this is Starfleet and they have all these regulations and this dude's just able to, you know, reprogram the computer and trick everybody. And so it always, that in and of itself seemed kind of absurd to me. And so I wanted to kind of that, 
I wanted to kind of translate that into song and that's kind of where that feel worked for me. And then that, the bridge section is kind of is where it goes back to dark where this guy is just like, he's completely lost himself, you know, and he's just kind of off his rocker and that's, he's crazy and just wanting revenge. And that's kind of where that goes. They have that brawl, in engineering, it's always engineering for some reason. There's always fighting in engineering, you know. He fought Khan in engineering too, but Kirk and 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 Finney fight in engineering, and that's kind of that section, I think. And then after that's over, it just goes back to being, you know, happy again. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. okay. Yeah, and I I remember I remember it was it was really hard to to get it all to come together, and it did. Um, it took a lot of work and it did. I feel like it really did come together for a while there, but yeah, it didn't, it just didn't get played regularly. And now if you guys would say to pull it up, like I just have to sort of step off the key. Like I worked really hard to figure out a key part to kind of go with it and, 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 and compliment it. But it was like, it was so long ago. I, I just have no confidence in myself to figure out what I was doing and we play it, you know, so little that it's, it's, I don't have any motivation to like, you know, go yeah. and, and figure it out. Um, but I, I think, I mean, the rest of you, I think pull it off pretty, pretty well. I feel fairly useless whenever we do it. This is one of the songs that I always remember how to play for yeah. some reason. Yeah, you yeah. do. Well, it's pretty easy, but the, the thing I, I think, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is one of the songs where I played guitar for the recording and we didn't use it. Or it's uh, I, I think it's in there in a couple spots because uh, um, it was just too muddy when we had yeah, all the sounds. Yeah, it was, it was really messy. And, you know, and when we took we, yeah, we took your guitar out and it just really cleaned it up. And yeah. you well, know, my guitar in that is really percussive because it has like you know playing it on acoustic. That's it. it it's supposed to have that percussive feel, um, just to enunciate those. Um, those beats and with Andy doing the same thing, we were just trampling all over each other as I recall. Yeah. And so I think uh, it was a good decision to pull that out. I think it's still in there in some places, like you say, but it's um, we mainly pulled that guitar out, which I think. Yeah, was, I know it's in the, it's in the bridge and I, yeah. I think it's in, in, it might be in between the verses, but we definitely well, do that of the verses. I think in the bridge, I do those walk, walk up like down, bam, bam. Cause I usually did those live, I think. Yeah. But I think we all do them live now, don't we? I don't know when we, I know, pa I know Patrick and I do them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we all, and, do and them. I don't know how many people, you know, know this about Mike, but he, he sick secretly is <laughs> like a country music genius <laughs> behind the scenes. But, but I think he kind of keeps that on the down low, but, this, I, it's not surprising to me at all that you that this is something that you can just pull out at any time and and just do it and remember it like you're like you've got some like secret country uh artistry you know in your in your blood that uh that i think it's it's kind of just second second nature to you yeah he I, I grew up listening to my dad's band all the time and that's totally the the kind of music they played non-stop and so i i was exposed to it a lot so it's pretty easy to to pull it I, out i i don't know if we have this on uh on video or not but i i remember one night at, at hero house when you just like picked up a, 
acoustic guitar and you just started doing like the first 30 seconds of like all of our songs in a in a in the same like the same just like <laughs> willie nelson style or something it was just like it was it was hilarious and i feel like we videotaped it but maybe we didn't i don't i don't remember it was, uh, it was... i have no idea i think i missed that night because i remember you guys talking about it and i i feel like there was a reprise of that at some point that i was there for because i remember but i think i remember you guys talking about it and i'm i was disappointed that i wasn't there yeah should be a should be something that we some sort of like yeah uh, one of these days we'll have to do like a, some, yeah mike what did you I, I, was it this song or another one did you play pedal steel yeah on, i did on, that, uh, that, that was on balance of terror on balance of terror yeah. oh yeah yeah that's right okay yeah where did you get that pedal steel by the way like it, i think it's crazy now that we just even we had one and and we used it and it, it's on the recording and mike played it it's that's crazy it, it's my dad's uh, i borrowed it from him for that and it sat in your dining room for like four years i do remember yeah. whatever happened to it did you, did you get I, it back I, I took it back to my dad does he still have it uh i think so I think, it needs to, I think it needs to come back for year five make a reprise but not use it on a country style song use it on <laughs> use it in a, in a different context <laughs> right because year five is going to be the art album right it's going to be art as it's it's the whole thing is going to be like a very artistic right oh great now i have to <laughs> we're gonna now I, get, now I have to rewrite the savage curtain again and no matter what you do with the savage curtain it's going to be art chris it's going to yeah, be we'll see <laughs> i've got ideas uh, so do you remember did we have any i think this one was pretty straightforward i don't think we had any strange instruments or backups or anything I, in fact i think i did all the backups on this didn't i that sounds about right Patrick might have done some. I know Patrick was, sings along with you on some parts when we do it live. I don't know if he did it on the recording. I, I did the because it's there's harmonies throughout on the entire thing, and that's another. No, you're, you're you're right. I, I I forgot all about that. Yeah, you recorded like two. Yeah, like a uh, harmony through like the entire song, basically. Yeah, and that's another reason why we don't play it because we can right. replicate. Because I think I did. I think I did a high and a low harmony on that. And so there's three vocals on, on throughout on, on the whole song. And so it's really difficult to do that live and make it sound good. Well, I mean, depending on the song, but I mean, this is all the way through. So it's not just me that would have to know the lyrics. It would be two other people <laughs> that have to know the lyrics. And we know Noah doesn't know how to learn lyrics. <laughs> or what? In harmony. What? <laughs> so yeah yeah many reasons why we don't play this song very often although it is we have played it before for acoustic shows and it's it's very well suited for acoustic. yeah it, it is yeah as much as i protested this version of the song when we first <laughs> worked on it I, I mean i've grown to really love it and i actually really enjoy playing it live when we do it because i i really like the what i came up with for it and uh I, you know, it's just, it's yeah. fun to play. It's that lead line that, that you made up, right? Yeah. It goes, goes throughout the song. Yeah. I really like that too. Patrick plays bass on this, doesn't he? Yes. Okay. So I really like that too. And I think um, the original version, I, I never really, 
I never really was super into it. It's just one of those things where I finished a song. I'm like, sweet send, you know? And then I thought about it. I was like, man, you know what? I just don't like, it was just, it was so plotting, you know? And I just, I was like, I don't want to do one like this. But you know and, what? It's, it's like, I mean, I, I, I knew that version when you sent it out, obviously, but how many years ago was that? I don't think I've listened to it since, right? Except for... Oh, he's playing. There he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I just listened to it uh, not too long ago for the first time in however many years. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Like, <laughs> like I think it's cooler now listening to it than I did even when you sent it out. Right, because cause we've done the other version. And now that's like this cool alternate version that you know, might have been. And well, we, can, we, we can always record it. Yeah. Well, we've always toyed with those ideas of, of recording. I mean, a lot of us have alternate versions yeah. of songs. A lot of us have sent out an initial demo to everybody and we all, you know, and everybody listened to it and then we've changed it completely, like just rewrote it totally. And so we all have these alternate mm -hmm. versions of these songs that would be fun to go back and revisit and do like proper recorded versions of down the road, that would be fun. You know, the um, one thing about that version versus the version that we recorded is that version doesn't have that bridge. So, yeah, the, you don't have have that uh, break. It's just kind of that's that's one of the things I didn't really like about it is it's very static. It doesn't really do a whole lot. It just kind of, you know, goes verse, chorus, verse, you know, that kind of thing. And doesn't it just it didn't have a lot of I, I just found it boring after a while. So I just wanted to do something different. And so I came up with something else. Yeah. Well, and if, if you're anything like me in the writing process, like I'll write a version of a song and just think it's the greatest thing. And just like, it's great. And, and but then I live with it for a month and I'm, and I'm just like, that's trash. All right. Something, you know, and then, and then I go to something else and, and write a different version yeah. Um, and, and then, then late years later, I go back and listen to that first version and go, Oh, that was really cool. Why did I not like, why, <laughs> why did I dismiss that? Why did I toss that aside? Well, I, you probably know, because we don't have, like if we, if we had strict deadlines or something that would, you know, probably make you commit to whatever <laughs> yeah. you created, you know, but the fact that it's like, Oh, you know, five months later, I, I'm, I'm going to try something different. I'm sick of that now. Yeah. <laughs> I've lived with it for that long. Well, the, I mean, this was just, so year one, we did in a year and year two, we did in a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think part of, yeah. so we didn't, we didn't have, I know it seems well, crazy. Then, then, then we did tribbles in, in the a, next year. In the yeah. next year. Yeah. And so we were just, you know, churning Breaking them out. stuff out. And I think at the, so that kind of, with that kind of production, we also didn't ha have a lot of time to go from one version to another. No, so, we didn't. And we did, we also didn't have a whole lot of time to really work with and live with the stuff that we we're creating. And so. Not like year five. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, well, everything after Tribbles, you know. We're I mean, all going to have 13 uh, versions of every song. The, 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 the Smash release of 2023. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, it makes, it makes sense. You know, what we were doing yeah. back then is different than what we're doing now. So, you know, I came up with a, a version. I just like shot it out real quick because I'm like, okay, this is it. And then after a little while, I just didn't like it anymore. And so I turned it around, which wasn't maybe the best for being able to work the song up and really figure it out. So, I mean, I think that kind of speaks to where we, we ended up with it as well. Not just not being able to play it as much, which, and you know, I say that, but we could play it if we just really wanted to and really worked on it, but there are, you know, there are other songs we want to work on that just play better live, you know? And so that's, well, that's also when, when you have only so many songs in a set yeah, and you, and you have four songwriters that can only choose like th- three, three songs, songs. Yeah. like, you know, you, a lot of the songs like court martial just get tossed aside really easy. Cause you're like, yeah. well, you know, there's these other, you know, five songs that I want to do and I got to choose from those. Yeah, exactly. That's why we never play Balance of Terror either or, you know. Right. Menagerie. That's what I was thinking of. I was, oh, Alternative Factor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although I was telling Mike, I did find a live version of Alternative Factor. It's <laughs> probably the only time. It's probably the only well, time we played it live. And this, it was, it was at uh, Trek, Trek Fest, Fest in Iowa, yeah. the first year we were there. And what sucks about it is that the video, whoever was taking video, because you can tell that it that it was handheld, they they moved in the middle of the song, and so it goes about a minute and a half to two minutes into the song, and then it cuts off. And then it jumps about a minute in the song. Oh. So there's a big chunk missing. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. That so I was going to, I was actually going to put it out for Patreon, but I didn't have the whole version. So I, I considered just cobbling together what we had, but then figured we could do better. Yeah. Well, that just means we need to like <laughs> relearn the song and practice it so we can actually play it live again. I, I agree. I think we should. Yeah. I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to do. It. I'm ready for that. It's just, glad, it's just yeah. I, I literally have to relearn the entire <laughs> song, like the oh. chords, everything. Like I don't remember how to play that song. I, at all. I, 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 remember, I remember the, the little lead part at the beginning, chords. but yeah. the rest of it I cannot remember any of it. Yeah. I don't really either. I'm on keys, but it's I think it's keys pretty, are pretty easy. On yeah, that. I just did all these like complicated like major seventh jazz chords on it and and there's a whole bunch of them and mm-hmm. i don't remember what they uh, are i, like <laughs> I have to figure them out e and d or something like mostly except for the core the pre-chorus and chorus yeah, i think it's a lot of a and d for the most part all right, a and d, all right yeah. noah what you need to do is you need to you need to dig around in your house and find the year two sessions because they're in there mm-hmm. somewhere, like saved on CDs mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and find those, and then we can actually listen to our individual tracks. Individual tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think actually some of them are still sitting in my bottom desk drawer at my work. <laughs> like, I think I was like, well, you know, if the house burns down, we won't 
you know, we'll we'll lose our our backups at the time. Like I think it was like yeah. while we're recording them, I was backing them up on DVDRs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't want to have them in the house because that's where everything is. So I'll take them to work. And I I think they're still sitting in the desk drawer at the, you know, however many years later. Take them out. I keep I keep saying how many years later. How many years later is it? When did we put out two thousand two or two two? Year two. <laughs> year two came out in two thousand eleven. <laughs> 2011 nine, nine years ago this november nine years ago yeah. I, it seems like much longer <laughs> i know so much longer than nine years <laughs> well like it, it it's both like it feels like way longer but it also feels like it just happened it also feels like how do we get all this done in the span of 10 years yeah because it's i mean According to Patrick, we're behind schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Could have been done five years ago. And then when I see pictures of ourselves nine years ago, I'm just like, "Oh my god, we look so young. We're we're babies. How how did we get so old in nine years?" (laughs) Hey man, when when you uh, you know late thirties, early forties, it's rough. It is. It's so rough. Especially when you have four-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. Or any year olds. <laughs> yeah, for real. I don't think I have any other colorful anecdotes for playing <laughs> or, or anything. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of any any like stories or anything. I mean, we just we haven't played it that much. Yeah. And we don't talk about it. No. But I do think we did. It. We actually did play it, didn't we? Play it last year at Summer Concave. We did. Possible. So, I, like, we actually did play it in 2019. Like, I think, right? I, I believe so. Yeah, which is crazy because we. I don't think had played it. For oh yeah, because we did. It was acoustic, eight, eight right? years before that, but I think we did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure anytime that we have an acoustic show, I'm like, hey, let's play court martial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I don't ever, I, I I feel like that one comes together um, better than Balance. Balance of Terror always sounds it, like a train wreck every time we play it, but this one actually seems like it works out okay, usually. And Claude, uh, I think Claude, he he almost videotapes every show that we play, acoustic or not, and it exists yeah. somewhere. So if somewhere wanted somebody wanted to hear the 2019 version of Court Martial live acoustic. It's it, it exists somewhere, I think, on, on the inner tubes. I'm sure I have a version of Court Martial somewhere. Uh, I probably have a version of um, Alternative Factor somewhere, too. I mean, it can't be the only time we ever played it, right? At Concave or... Uh, Trek- no, yeah, we, we, play, we, we used to play it well, we, a few times. So at the, uh, at the year two release show uh, at Starbase Indie... I think we played just about the entire album at that show. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We played almost sure all the songs. One. I think there were only like two or three that we didn't. And so I think we played alternative factor there. I know we played court martial. So I'll have to check. I'll have to look. For yeah. That. So that, that reminds me like out to the general public here. Like if we all die together in some horrible fiery <laughs> plane crash or something, go to Chris's wife and, and like 
there is a treasure trove somewhere at Chris's house. There's a, there's a hard drive with just like our entire VH1 behind the music <laughs> yeah. stuff for you to, to witness and, and see and put together. It's, it's yeah. there. It yeah, exists. Hey, random person, random person, just come to my house <laughs> and bother my wife. Hey, I'm but, sorry your husband is dead. Can I have that? <laughs> I'm making a documentary about your dead husband. There's also a, there's also a hard drive at Hero House that's got there a bunch right, of stuff on right. it. There you go. So for anybody... Oh, and there's to... some hard disks in Noah's drawer. <laughs> my my dad's in his bottom drawer under some papers and a book. Probably. If you if you want to remix your two, yeah. If if you need any individual tracks of of any of our albums that that predate to Trouble with Tribbles, you're gonna have to go to Noah's school and dig through his desk drawers. You know, we're gonna get a lot of angry letters about this, guys. No, Why? I think I think we're gonna have a lot of people showing up at our house. <laughs> Wait till we're dead, people. Wait till we're dead. Does that wrap it up for court martial? <laughs> <laughs>
we have officially launched the five-year mission patreon on there you can see posts with pictures and videos of behind the scenes shenanigans with the band and the podcast there are different levels you can sign up for where you'll get exclusive merch and videos and unreleased tracks and demos and other stuff from the band and the podcast that you wouldn't normally get if you didn't follow us on patreon the different tiers you get to choose from go from ensign all the way up to admiral and one of the perks of being an admiral is that you get to be a producer on this podcast this week's producers are neil carpenter Debbie Rinky, Helen Lake, Carol Jones, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Madison Rachel Jones, Becky and Roxy, and of course, Jim Morehouse. So head over to the Five Year Mission Patreon right now and sign up as an admiral, and your name could be listed at the end of the next episode of Five Year Mission the Podcast. Just go to patreon.com slash five year mission. That's the number five year mission. Fansets.com is your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to Fansets.com right now. You can see new releases from DC Comics as well as things from Star Trek Picard, including the Soji character pin. And from Star Trek Discovery, the new number one. That's right, number one in your hearts, number one on the Enterprise, the number one character pin. From Star Trek Picard, they have the La Serena pin, as well as the continuing Star Trek Delta collection with releases from Discovery, Voyager, Picard, and the Picard Mini Premier Delta. And as advertised, head over there right now you can see all the new character pin releases from the new star trek lower decks that's right mariner boimler tindy tana rutherford anyway head over to fantas.com right now fill up your cart with some brand new releases and uh upon checkout why don't you head go ahead and put in the discount code five year mission that is the number five and then all caps year mission five year mission you will receive 15 percent off of your entire order fansets our pins have character, and we thank the boys at Fansets for sponsoring our show each and every single time we decide to put out an episode. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Five Year Mission Podcast. We've had a great time talking about Court Martial, the episode and the song. We hope that you've learned a few things that you didn't know and uh, time to go listen to year two. Thank you for listening to this episode of Five Your Mission, the podcast. If any of you are interested in listening to more of our music, you can check us out on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or pretty much anywhere that you can listen to music. Just search for Five Year Mission and we should be the first thing that comes up. If you would like to contact us in regards to the podcast or anything else that you want to talk to us about, you can email us at fiveyearmissionband at gmail.com. And for more information about the band, you can go to fiveyearmission.net. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Five-Year Mission, the podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.